Olivia Ray here with Wish TV to talk about, I think, the East right now and how it's played out. I know that you were focused on the game ahead of you, but it's hard not to understand that Kentucky and Baylor have now done that. Yeah, yeah our focus is on Texas. We know how hard this game is going to be. Um, you know, I, I think they're a, they're a great defensive team. Um, they have great experience at the guards. You know, they, they've taken – I think when you take a lot of transfers, it takes a little bit of time. But by the end of the year, you know, you're a great team and they're a great team. And uh, I, I think that's where our focus is, is, is trying to handle their defensive pressure, trying to handle them on the other end and a lot of their, their ISOs and the way they break you down and really put you in a bind because they have great guards that can dribble, pass, and shoot. <clears throat> they have a, a matchup nightmare in Allen at the four. Um, they, they have good bigs that do a good job of defending at the rim and defending out. So it, it's going to be they, – they have depth. They have nine guys that they can go to and, um, and and really cause you problems. So, like, you know, that's where our focus, you know, is. I, I really wasn't watching that game. Even though they told me what the score was, I wasn't watching it. Well, there are 20 seconds left, so. That's good. Down by six right now. Um, next question then, uh, a lot of what you just mentioned all falls back on Chris Beard, who you know well, Purdue knows well in the tournament and has come out on the wrong end of a lot of his coaching. So uh, what that says about him and and I guess what you can draw from those past experiences heading into tomorrow. Well, he's a fabulous coach. He's done a great job at, at all of his stops and um, obviously we've gotten beat by them when he was at Arkansas Little Rock and when he was at Texas Tech. So. Um, you know, he's just done a great job of preparing his team, um, playing hard, playing defense, sharing the basketball. Obviously, he's had good pieces um, at all of his at all of his stops because that's the that's the key. It's a, it's a player's game. Um, but no, I, I can't say enough good things about him. And obviously, you learn from your losses, and uh, that's what you want to do. Even though both the teams that we had um, were a little different, there's some still similar players there, but none of the players on this team on either one of those teams but obviously from a coaching standpoint you know you learn from you know you want your teams to be as tough as their teams you know you want your teams to be able to compete like that and that's why he keeps getting really good jobs and that's why they keep advancing in the term hey matt brian davis austin american statesman i just want to hear the story about uh, you convincing him to go to the aba i didn't convince him to go to the aba he um he wanted Obviously, he had some other options that he was trying to, to get, but he didn't want a gap in his resume. And so I knew one of the guys that was running the team, and so he reached out to me and <clears throat> about going to the, you know, the ABA or whatever. And so I didn't, I didn't know if that was the best thing to do, but he wanted to stay in coaching. He, wanted, he didn't want to have that gap you know, on his resume. So I just didn't think from all the experiences he'd already had if that was the best Thing. So I wasn't trying to convince him of that, but he, he obviously, you know, anytime you you know you got a chance to to coach, whether it's minor leagues, kind of semi-pro, like basketball, man, your love for coaching, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, George Carl and Phil Jackson, who coached in the CBA and you know did summer stuff overseas and different 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 experiences, I think can really grow you as a coach. And obviously, you know, he's a, he's a fabulous coach and had some bad breaks there. And then obviously since then he's made some really good breaks for himself. Brian, you were goldenbuck.com. Matt, uh, kind of a two-part deal here. Can you just break down what 
makes Texas's defense really good in terms of what they try to take away and how they do it. And then also, how much can Eric's experience on Marcus Carr help you from a defensive perspective? Well, I think first of all, just their, their pressure on the basketball. They have, they have big physical guards with a lot of experience. They've been in a lot of uh, big time games and their ability to uh, not have to help all the time. You know, when they do have to help, they're, they're great at it. They really do a great job of swallowing the basketball, but they're not in help constantly. I think when you're constantly in help as a team, you're going to get in trouble with good offensive teams. They do a good job of just guarding the basketball and making it really difficult. Um, then they have that those interchangeable pieces kind of at the three, four, five spots that are very long and athletic uh, that really disrupt what you want to do. Uh, in terms of Marcus Carr, obviously, you know, with him playing at Minnesota, we, we know how dangerous he is. He's a very good guard. He's He's gotten the best of us a couple of times, and uh, we have a lot of respect for him. And Eric's guarding, and some of our other guys have guarded him too. And I think they would say the same thing. You know, you just have to work hard. Anytime you face great players, you have to work hard and make them earn. And he's one of those guys that can make difficult shots in difficult plays, especially you know in crunch time. Hey, Ryan, Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. Um, <coughs> our generation, uh, we grew up with guys dumping the ball in. To Patrick Ewing, Ralph Sampson, when those were the glory days, you know, before you got old. Um, you, you've always had seven footers on your team, and uh, how good a job has your team done in getting the ball to Zach? And also, um, uh, what's your philosophy on seven footers? Because you always seem to have a couple right. hanging around. Well, first of all, we, we work really hard to try to get them in position um, to be effective. and. Uh, it's it's more of a ball screen motion um, kind of landscape in our game, and rightfully so because the ball screen is very difficult, you know, to defend. And the low post game, especially professionally, um, is is not as much. And I think analytics has had something to do with that also. Um, but as long as the bonus is at seven in the college game and it stays put, and you know, if you can get guys that can shoot 65, 70 percent and they can get the ball from five to eight feet. It just makes sense. Um, but you have to get the right guys. So I'll, I'll talk sometimes in clinics, and I'll, I'll say, hey, this is really effective, this is really effective, but Caleb Swanigan is the guy we're throwing it to, or A.J. Hammonds is the guy we're throwing it to, or Isaac Haas. Our players are quality players. Um, we just put a lot of emphasis on it, and then as it's went along, we've just kind of naturally from Carl Landry to Juwan Johnson to <coughs> all the guys that we've had, you know, we can talk about seven to eight different guys in the past 15 years, and they look at it and they know, like, hey, like, we're going to get the ball if we go here. You know, sometimes those big guys that go other places, they can get the ball, but they got to get it off the glass, they got to run on the break, they got to dive to get it, which there's nothing wrong with any of those things, because they're all great, but will they really get it and be a focal point of their offense? I think that's the question for size when they get recruited. We show them through numbers now. I think that's the piece. Before, everybody gets on the phone and says, oh, we run, or we're a fast break team, and there was no numbers to be seen. Now you can see, you can show them numbers. Okay, here's our offensive efficiency. Here's how much we get the ball inside. You know, and then the flip of it, like with guards, like we've had some really good guards through the years, each one more, Carson Edwards, Jaden Ivey, just to name a few. And so, like, we just try to get skill with that size, and then if you can have a dynamic player with them, and then you have – a really good low post player, a dynamic player, then a lot of skill, a lot of heady players, and that kind of completes for a good team. So that's our 
recipe that we try to get to. Um, we don't draft, so we recruit. So like we always know who we want, but sometimes we can't get them, and so that's the that's the difficult part. But that's part of it. You know, we all know who we can date. You know, you, you got to figure out, even though we like to lie to ourselves. You know, you, you got to figure out like, hey, can, I can stay in this race and get second or third place, and that doesn't help you. Second or third place in recruiting gets you fired. You know, you got to figure out who you can get. And if you can't get somebody, you got to move to the next guy pretty quickly so you're not stuck waiting on that guy and end up with nobody. <laughs> Matt, Bob to the Athletic. Um, how have you seen Trevion's passing develop? Did he come to school with a gift? Yes. And has he just developed <laughs> it? And how, how has he done so? Yeah. You know, he naturally can see things. He's got a really good feel and a really good instinct. At times, you know, it's that it's that blessing that he has. And then when he tries to overdo it a little bit, that's when he gets into trouble. But I, anybody that can see the floor like that and pass, you know, you have some of those moments um, when you thread the needle a little bit too much and you try to find somebody who's not quite there. You're kind of envisioning something that's that could kind of matriculate into a play or could not. I call them maybe passes. He has some of those maybe passes. But it, it's a great weapon because if he can get the ball close to the rim, he can score it, and now they've got to make a decision. Do they double or don't they double? And then he's such a good offensive rebounder. You know, and so any of those kind of opportunities that, that get there, you know, he's really a, a dual threat type guy with his ability to score the pass. Yeah, Jim Poles, Wisconsin State Journal. This question isn't specifically about you. I just kind of speak in general and want your opinion. How much should a coach be measured by results this time of year, do you think? Um, how much should he be measured or how much is he kind of measured? I mean, that's, that's what you're measured on. You're measured on the success that you have in winning championships or competing for championships. I thought this year we put ourselves in a position to win a championship. We didn't. Um, it's a fine line. We put ourselves in a position to win a tournament championship. We didn't. But we still put ourselves in a position for both. And now here we are in position again. Um, but there's another team out there. When you guys ask questions a lot of times, that doesn't get brought up that, you know, the team that you're getting ready to play and you, you lose those games. That team's a really good team. But they didn't slip on a banana peel and get into the second round. Like you're in their way too. And so like when you get on a neutral court, you know, everything kind of, you're, you're not on the road, you're not at home. It's the end of the year. Everybody kind of knows what you're doing. Even though in the tournament, you're not as familiar, especially in that second game. But yeah, you're, you're, that's just the way it is, you know? That's how you get gauged, and if that bothers you, that this is probably not your profession. You know, you, you got to be able to. Um, I'm, I try to be process based. You know, you lose a game in the NCAA tournament, learn from it. Try to be better so you can win the next one. You know, it's going to be difficult because you got to get yourself back there again and regroup and everything. But that's that's part of dusting off and getting off the campus and, and going to fight again. And that's what we try to do. Obviously, you want to keep rolling and, and, and win games, but. You know, it's part of competition. Coach Painter, Rocket Haverlin, Purdue Exponent. Texas is known for their no-middle, very physical defense. Is that going to change the way you utilize Ivy, a player known for driving to the basket? Is that something you're going to focus on or have noticed in the film? No, we'll, we'll go to our, you know, guys that we go to, whether it's Travion Williams or Zach Eadie or uh, running plays for Sasha Stefanovich to shoot or trying to get Jaden Ivy in the open court and out in space as much as possible. I think where it, what it lends to, and this is from Bob's question also, is now what are they going to do? And then you got to make a good decision. 
You know, everyone's going to try to get their best players um, as many cracks at it as possible. It doesn't mean they get to shoot more, though. It doesn't mean they get to pass more. Like, whatever organically happens, just take what the defense gives you and then play from there. Sometimes those predetermined thoughts get you in trouble. Well, I'm, I'm going to go out and do exactly what I did against Yale. Well, they're going to defend some things differently than Yale. You know, we're going to do some things differently than Virginia Tech. So when you get to that, you know, you've got to have a mature pulse about you. And if they want to overdo some things, get the ball out of your hands. You know, if they don't, they want to keep you one-on-one, -on -one, then, then be aggressive. But whether it's Texas or Purdue, you know, we're, we're going to try to get our best players in as many actions as possible and be aggressive. But, you know, just, you know, make good decisions and make good reads. Matt, it seemed like, uh, like even more than a pretty good job on Keegan Murray in the Big Ten tournament defensively. It seemed like he did a pretty good job yesterday on Swain. How much can that kind of defensive versatility off the bench kind of help you this time of year? Well, I think it really helps. I think Ethan's done a really good job for us. He's gotten to um, some tough grinds there when we got certain matchups and I go with other guys and he kind of positive attitude. He's, he's ready to play when his number's called. Yeah, but anytime you can have guys that are versatile that can dribble, pass, and shoot and defend, you know, that really helps us. Steve Gary, Associated Press. I'm just wondering what your recollection, what sticks out in your memory from that Little Rock game? And also, I didn't know if your relationship with Chris had preceded that or how familiar you were with him leading up to that particular game. I was obviously familiar with him. Um, I, I've known him through Pat Knight, who they were together with uh, at, at Texas Tech. And obviously, he was a junior college coach before that. But what sticks out to me was just how hard they played. They did a great job um, of shot faking and using their dribble. With that group that he had at Little Rock, he had a quick turnaround there. Like he, he really came in there and established a great culture and played. Um, you know, it was we're up three with 18 seconds, and we don't foul. That's a lot of time, right? But they don't take their shot until five seconds to go. It really taught me a lesson in terms of most people at that time are going to go be aggressive right away because they're up against time. So they don't even go get a quick two at that time. And so that was something that really jarred me. I thought we should have fouled there, and I made that mistake of not fouling after he got under 10 seconds, even though he had eight, nine seconds, it's still a lot of time in that scenario, but you still don't like to see that three beat you at that time, and not, not went to the final four over a pretty similar scenario, so, and we did foul, so for you guys out there saying that you should foul, um, or not foul, there's, I've, I've proven that we can lose either way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's what sticks out, like, I don't think I made a mistake in the Virginia, I didn't make a mistake in the Virginia game. I made a mistake in the Arkansas low line game. And those stick with you more than the other. The losses stick with you, and that's what the question earlier, that's what stinks about our business. People have no idea how that turns with you, you know, five, ten years later. It just, those, those moments just uh, are tough. But you try to learn from it and, uh, and you be better and, and keep rolling. But no, he's a, he's a really good coach. Obviously, he doesn't advance and do the things that he's done all those different stops without being a great coach. Isaac Trevor, 24-7 sports. Matt, it's easy for us to look and say, Zach Eadie's nine inches taller than Christian Bishop. He's going to be fine. Like, what stands out, though, about how Bishop defends post-up and how, how do you have to attack him? To yeah, I think, stuff? you know, Zach kind of nailed it when he, he talked the other day before at the game. Sometimes those guys are the hardest guys because they're athletic and they're, they're quicker. They can beat you to a spot and they can get under you a little bit, you know, and so – it's, it's more team defense than anything. You know, those guys can do that, but if they don't have somebody on that backside of that low man helping right there, as 
they beat you to a spot and we can just throw over the top and you're stuck. So it takes pressure on the basketball. It takes a, a good post defender. Then it takes some weak side help. And that's why the combination of skill and size and a dynamic guy like Jaden has really helped us. And that's the reason I really emphasize so much our decision making. You know, is we just make good decisions and we can handle pressure. You know, things have really worked for us this year. When we haven't, we've struggled. Hey, Matt, Adam Rittenberg with ESPN. I know you've had a lot of teams in the NCAA tournament, but as you look at this one, what, what stands out most from a positive standpoint, and then what's been the biggest challenge with this team, you know, despite yeah. its talent? I, I think uh, what stands out from a positive is our ability to shoot a good field goal percentage and be a good offensive rebound team. And to, to go into that also is the turnover. You know, when we do not, our, our total number of turnovers isn't that bad. It just seems like it's extreme when we lose. And so and sometimes it's not the total, it's, it's like a total and a half, and that one half we never get over that hurdle. So I, I would say that those things jump out more than anything. Because um, when we turn it over or we take tough shots, that really affects our transition defense like it affects everybody's. So they, they really go hand in hand right there. So as, as long as we get quality shots and take care of the basketball, you know, we really help our transition defense. We get our defense set, and then that helps us. And we've had a lot of success there. But I would say those are the, the main strengths and weaknesses for our group. Bob Kravitz with the athletic. Getting back to Travion, um, he could start anywhere, obviously. He could right. get 25 to 30 minutes. Was it difficult to get him to sublimate his ego um, and, and accept in a role, or did he come by it naturally? Yeah. No, he was fine, and it wasn't something that we really bet on really discuss. I to talk about things before and you know I'm always going to make decisions on what I think is best for our team. You know if I made decisions that were best on each individual it would be different. This is just a different thing because he's first team all league the year before. Um, and so a lot of people have tried to like discuss about playing together and that's what we you know I even talked about that. We did a little bit of it in the summer but you know we've struggled some here in the past month we've been better defensively but like from a ball screen defense, transition defense, actual defensive standpoint, like that really puts a burden on our team, you know, when we're that way. Now when he's in there by himself, you know, he's got a lot of space with the skill that we put on the floor, and so does Zach, obviously. But no, he, he's been great. He's, he's kept a good attitude. He's had a, you know, it's been frustrating at times. You know, and, and so like, and you understand that. Like, you know, you, you want to do well, you want to help your team, then you don't get to play quite as much. Um, but if you look how efficient those guys have been, you know, they've both done a really good job for us. Two more. Uh, Billy Wentz with the New York Times. Matt, the, yet, yesterday, I mean, it was really apparent watching Texas play just how, just how they kind of, their physical nature um, sort of took the really good offensive teams out of a lot of what they were trying to do. I don't know, you play in a, a pretty physical conference. Yes. Is, is there anything that you can draw on? I mean, was there a team that maybe, and I don't know if it was Villanova or yeah. teams in the conference that, you know, would maybe at least allow guys to think, okay, this is going to be similar to that. Right. Well, you know, you went from Ohio State to Michigan State to Rutgers to Indiana. Like, those teams are, you know, pretty good defensively. And they're pretty physical, especially their guards. Like they really get into you. And, um, you know, Villanova is obviously – Know, a great team, and, and we played them earlier in the year. They have like super guards and physical guards, and they really stretch you out. So, I, I would think the combination of those five teams 
you know, in terms of te Texas, is their experience in all three guys. But that's the, they're, both, they're all big physical guards that, that, that cause issues for you. But, you know, just the, the freedom of movement, you know, and dribbling the basketball, you know, especially with a guy like Jaden Ivey, like that's been the big emphasis, you know, this year. I think you saw that yesterday, you know, with him driving and getting, I think, seven, seven fouls drawn. So, like, you know, that's, that's the emphasis that they've made and they've really talked about from a refereeing standpoint. So we'll see. You know, we'll see if they allow two hands or they allow that or, or they're going to actually call it the way they say they're going to call it. Last one. Uh, North Carolina has officially won. I know you don't really care about that. Just a quick question. Do you know where you uh, your relationship with Chris Beard started, where you first saw him, and uh, where that kind of uh, founded? Yeah. Well, he was a junior college coach when I first saw him. Before, when I first met him when he was an assistant at Texas Tech, I obviously met him through Pat Knight was there. So I played AAU basketball in Bloomington, and I, I stayed at, at Nancy Knight's house, Pat's mom's house. So, and then Pat's brother coached our team, Tim Knight. So I've, I've known their family for a, for a long time. But that's so that's how I got connected, you know, with Chris through Pat when they're on staff together at Texas Tech. Coach, thank you. Good luck tomorrow night. Right. Thank you. All year long, I think since your career started, but over 20 points in, in two NCAA tournament games. What does that mean to you to have your name mentioned along the likes of Glenn Robinson? Um, honestly, it's just an honor to you know be recognized um, with some of the greats, you know, Purdue, and um, you know, I'm just you know thankful to just be in this position. Um, I put a lot of work in to it to you know be here, and, you know, to be at Purdue. Um, so I, I just, you know, I'm just very thankful and humble. Yeah, Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7 for Jaden and Eric. Uh, just in the, the scouting you guys have gotten in the last few hours, what are your early impressions of the Texas guards and how tough they guard people in the perimeter? Um, they're very tough, um, especially offensively. Um, they got some tough guards that can get a bucket. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the Big 12, you know, it's a physical con conference. Um, so I'm, I'm already known they're going to be, you know, very physical um, come tomorrow. So, um, you know, we just got to be ready for it. And, um, you know, we've been in some physical battles, you know, all year. Um, so we just got to embrace it. Brian Newbert from goldblack.com. Eric, obviously this will be probably the third, fourth, fifth time you've had to guard Martin's car. Can you kind of break him down a little bit? How much has your experience with him help you going into this? Um, I think it'll help me a lot, but I mean, players change and people get better. Uh, so just being able to touch up on newer film and also watching, you know, the past couple times that I've played him, will uh, be important for me. And yeah, I mean, he's a good player, so it'll be a tough matchup. Bob Kravitz from The Athletic. For, uh, for Jaden and Mason primarily, you talk a little bit about Travion's passing ability, you know, what he does in practice, what he does in games, and how he's developed it. Uh, I think he's always been a great passer. Ever since he was little, middle school, high school, he's, he has a gift for it. Um, he's a very unselfish person, so I think that helps on the basketball court. Uh, we've been telling him to just go get buckets and just trust his instinct uh, to pass second. And so whenever he does that, um, his natural ability shows. For, for, for Jaden, 
I imagine you're pretty zoned into your own game right now, but will you have time to watch your mom's watch your mom's team tonight? And also, I was just wondering, when she sent you a text or something after a game, did she critique your play? Did she just say, nice game? Or what's it generally like when she kind of responds to how you played yesterday or whenever? Well, I'm definitely going to be tuning in tonight. Um, very excited, you know, for her. Um, you know, for March Madness. Um, and I know she's, you know, pretty geeked up for it. Um, and you know, I know when I have games, you know, I have bad games, and whether I have good games or not, you know, she always, you know, says great game, and you know, keep your head high and um, just stay positive through, you know, all the circumstances that I've been through all season. So, for Jaden and Mason, can you guys both just kind of share with us what you think of Texas defense from what you've seen so far and what makes them tough? Uh, they're very versatile. You know, they have their guards that can get a bucket anytime that they want. So we're going to have to work on that, just shutting them down, making everything tough for them. Um, and then the big men, they're just very agile around the court, getting rebounds. I think our biggest thing is just limiting our turnovers and limiting their rebounds. Uh, Mike Carvin, Lafayette, Gerald Curry. For Eric, you, you mentioned that you know players change like Marcus Carr. Where, where have you seen his game maybe evolve uh, as, as you studied him over the last couple of years? Um, I think... Uh, now he's like more of a patient player. Uh, I think that, that comes with the nature of, you know, going to a different program. Uh, in Minnesota, he was asked a lot of him uh, to make plays, put the ball in the basket. And now he, he does a little bit more playmaking than usual, but um, he definitely can put the ball in the basket whenever he wants to. So definitely got to watch out for that. George Brewer from CHI Sports Indiana. For any of you, you mentioned being in physical games before. Is there any opponent you can kind of compare Texas's defense to that you've seen earlier this year? I would say Indiana or uh, Michigan State. Any of those teams that are super physical and try to knock you out of your stuff. Well, as far as uh, being physical on the perimeter, um, yeah. So basically, kind of those two. I don't know who else. But yeah, I for Mason, real quick, um, this is kind of random, but the last three or four games, you've made a bunch of plays off closeouts. Um, are people covering you differently when you get the ball out on the perimeter? They maybe running out to you a little harder. Where you're looking at that dunk in Wisconsin, I think you made a pull up against somebody. You made one uh, like a little runner yesterday. Are, are people kind of giving you that? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I had a pretty good shooting season towards the beginning of the season, and so people started to just kind of see that and uh, try to take me away from it. And so I was able to show some other parts of my game that I work on, um, and I'm just ready for anything that they want to throw at me. Anything else for the student athletes? Uh, all right, guys, thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow night. Purdue head coach Matt Painter will be here in a few moments. Thank you.